0: Well, Jesus, the Saviour, the King, the Son of God, has arrived on earth. And Jesus, the one God promised, would come, has come. Now his arrival is announced to the world, not by some music, but by a person. A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. But before we get to the announcing of Jesus, Luke introduces us to a number of characters in the story at the start of chapter three, and some of them have hard names to pronounce. He writes, in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, Herod Tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, Tetrarch of Ituria." and Trachonitis, and Lysansus, Trecharch of Abilene. During the high priesthood of Annas and Caiaphas, the word of God came to John, son of Zechariah in the wilderness. Now Luke gives these names to set the context of John's ministry in world history. While the dating is a bit confusing. Following on from what Karen was saying last week, the people themselves are accurate in historical records. Tiberius Caesar succeeded Augustus Caesar, who, if you recall, had issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, thus taking Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem for the birth of their son. And we meet Herod, Tetrarch of Galilee, he is the son of Herod the Great, who had tried to get the Magi to find Jesus for him after he was born, so that Herod could protect his own rule. We're also introduced to Pontius Pilate, the governor, and Caiaphas, the high priest, who we will see again when Jesus is tried before them in the religious and secular courts before his crucifixion. What this information about these people tells us is that Jesus is no longer a baby, but a man around the age of 30 years old. His relative John, who was a few months older than him, was the voice announcing his arrival and who was preparing the way for the Lord. Well, as the diary of a disciple so wonderfully puts it, God had been preparing for this day for over 700 years. Not only did this story occur in the context of history, but it's also the fulfillment of a prophecy that many, that many years before. This was all part of God's plan. So what exactly did Isaiah the prophet say about what John would do and say? Well, here are the words. A voice of one calling out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough roads smooth, and all will see God's salvation. Well, John was living in the desert or the wilderness, as you can see from this picture. This was physically away from the town But sometimes we describe being far away from God as being in the desert or the wilderness. So maybe it's also giving us a sense that the people needed to hear about God because they had been ignoring him for a long time. And the language... Oh, sorry, I've gone too far. Just hold that picture. Uh, The language that Isaiah uses shows us that John is also a prophet like Isaiah. Prophets are people who God uses to point people back to God when they've turned away from God. And sometimes they have to say hard things about the way that people had been behaving because they haven't been living their lives in a way that has pleased God. And John says to the people, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight paths for him. This is a picture Of making roads easier for Jesus to come. Making the mountains low is another way of saying that in order for the people to be ready for Jesus, they need to be humble and not proud. And the crooked road needs to become straight. In other words, Those who were corrupt and who twisted God's laws needed to acknowledge that they were doing the wrong thing. Well, John spoke a lot about repentance. Repentance means asking God to forgive you for all the wrong things you've done and committing to obey God in the future. It means turning away from the bad things we have done and turning back to God. It means acknowledging that we are doing things our own way and ignore God and that this is not how God intends us to live. It saddens God when we don't spend time with Him and love Him. And what John is saying is that in order to be ready to welcome uh, welcome Jesus into our lives, we need to make the path straight for Him We need to make it easier by recognizing the obstacles that we put in the way. We need to see the wrong things that we do that block us from being able to love Jesus and be holy like he is holy. And we need to say sorry to God for these things. When we do that, then we are ready to be forgiven by God and to receive the love he wants to show us through our relationship with Jesus. And all through the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see that God loves the whole world. In the language of the Bible, he loves not just the Jewish people, but also the Gentiles too. That means you and me. And he wants everyone to experience his saving grace. John was announcing that Jesus was coming so that everyone would know who Jesus was And be ready for his arrival and the way that people showed that they had repented from their sins and committed to turning back to god was to be baptized now this was a bit controversial at the time because the jews used baptism as a way of cleansing gentiles but john was applying this baptism to jews as well this was because even the jews god's chosen race His people, who often felt secure because they were Abraham's descendants, needed to acknowledge that they weren't perfect in God's eyes and that they too had turned away from God. John baptized people with water, but later on, Jesus would baptize people with the Holy Spirit, and we'll hear a bit more about that next week. Well, people often use Advent as a time to reflect, and prepare for Christmas, thinking about their response to Jesus coming into this world as a baby and thinking about him coming back again as he promised in the future. For those who are Christians, we can be confident that we have a relationship with God because of his son, Jesus. We are saved through his death on the cross. But it's always good to acknowledge times when we stray from being the people that God wants us to be. For those who are yet to accept Jesus as Lord, if you acknowledge your life before God and turn to him, then you too can be assured of God's forgiveness and a relationship with God that will last for all eternity. After the last couple of years, there is no time like the present to review our lives and work out what is important to us. As we consider the baby born to be king this Christmas, and as we look forward in hope to him coming again in glory, let's reflect on how we can prepare our hearts to meet with our Holy Lord. And let's consider how we might help others to see the love of God in his son Jesus. Maybe we could invite our friends to the kids' carols on the 19th of December, or to the carol service on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day service. Maybe we could drop off some handmade goodies with a card sharing the story of Jesus to someone, or offer to help someone over this Advent season if they're overwhelmed with the craziness of the season. We pray that all might see God's salvation in the wonder of Christ's birth. So let us pray. Loving God, you love the world so much that you gave your one and only son so that all who believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. We're sorry for the times when we have turned away from you Help us to turn back to you. Thank you that you forgive us and that we can know Jesus as our Lord. Help us to worship him this Christmas. In his name we pray, amen. Well, as we respond to that, we're going to be singing a song now that is a prayer to God that asks him to purify our hearts, that's to make them clean uh, so that we can come before him and know his forgiveness.